Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Court That's Not Our Podcast once again. I'm Josh Shimonoff. Welcome, as always, by the one and only Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. Uh, not, not a whole lot in terms of MMA news. There's obviously no events going on, no Bellator, no UFC. There's some rising going down this weekend, but not a whole lot of actual consequence. Um, however, ladies and gentlemen, it's a Sound Off Awards. It is the third annual Sound Off Awards, I believe. That's on... I may be off. It's third or fourth. I honestly, Angel, I don't count. Do you, do you, do you know which one it is? Uh, if we're including the year we started, which wouldn't technically be a full year, yeah. that'd be one. And then our following year, which would have been officially year one, at the end of uh-huh. that year, year two. And then our second year doing this, which technically would be our third time doing the awards, so yes. So Okay, so a little bit complicated, but you guys got the breakdown now. Um, it's our third time doing the awards. It just it hasn't been exactly year by year. Okay, all right, cool. So it sounds good. But, yeah, guys, as always, we're going to do the Sound Off Awards. We're also going to give our predictions for all the UFC weight class champions. This is something that we did at the start of 2020. I thought it was a really cool idea. But then, obviously, COVID really, really fucked things up. Um, so we didn't even really count that. Uh, obviously, you guys can go back and listen. And I'm pretty sure they were almost all wrong because a lot of the guys just couldn't fit in a fight or two or just a whole lot of shit happened. However, 2022 shaping up to be a huge year. Obviously, things have been back to normal for a while, which is why we didn't – at the start of this year, things are still fucked up, which is why we didn't predict them this year. But we're going to be giving our predictions for all the UCW class champions. Getting of all our sound off awards. I will talk about a little bit of news at the end of the show. Before we get all into that, so you guys, as always, if you want 10% off your orders, you go to soundoff at rogueenergy.com. Obviously, they got uh, energy drinks, you know – they, I know they've kind of worked in the little protein shakes, which for somebody that's going to the gym, nice yeah. shit as well. Very, very nice. Uh, it's code sound off a checkout for 10% of all your energy needs. RogueEnergy.com, fantastic sponsor of this show. As always, Angel, my guy, are you ready to break into these awards? I fucking am, dude. I fucking am. All right, man. I know we've been excited for this. I, honestly, it's one of the things I look forward to at the end of the year. So there's no bigger way to kick off the sound off awards the last 12 months have been crazy for MMA. They've been crazy for boxing. And so if we were to go ahead and pick one event, this is the event of the year that stands out across. And now this can be quantified through a bunch of different ways. Personally, just your personal favorite event of the year, the one that you had the most fun with. What would you say is your event of 2021? And there's, you know, I'll give my one that, uh, this is very this is this is I'm gonna actually go with the one I wanted to say because you know earlier I was telling you I think this is a hipster pick you know mm. I think a lot of people would have picked 268 269 I was actually originally to pick 269 granted there might have been some recency bias in there but I legitimately think it was one of the best events of the year I'm actually gonna pick UFC 267 Josh is my event of the year oh shit that's a that's a nice pick I mean just a I mean obviously Glover capturing the title. Piotr Jan, Corey Sandhagen having an absolute banger. Yeah, that's honestly an underrated pick. And with also a free UFC pay-per-view. Well, yes, it was a pay-per-view. It was a free UFC numbered event. Um, and then we watched that one together at my house, correct? Which, yeah, and that was another thing, yeah. too. And it was Return of Hazmat. Return of Hazmat. That's what I'm also thinking of. Islam also got a nice win on that. Yeah, that was a nice-ass card, dude. Top to bottom. 
There's not a whole lot better than USC 267. So actually, that's a very good pick. Um, I remember whenever that one was rolling around, I remember everybody's talking about 268, and I was like, guys, 267's arguably even better card. Uh, that um, was me there for a bit until I got to live through both of them. I know, man. It was a fun-ass card. And plus the fact I have a personal favorite. I have a personal, like, bias towards those cards that start earlier in the day. Like, I, I actually really like that shit. Um, but, yeah, man, that's a nice pick. Obviously, you mentioned a couple of ones there, UC 268, 269, 267. I'm going to go back to earlier this year. I'm also going to give an honorable mention, but my pick for event of the year in terms of pure fun, pure craziness, the build-up, everything, UC 264, Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor 3, um, obviously on that one, the main event was crazy. The whole build up fight didn't go the way you wanted in terms of a, a dramatic conclusion, obviously getting a fine, a finite, uh, definitive end to the trilogy, but even down the line, dude, Ty Tsui Vasa got a nice knockout win. Irene Aldana got a knockout win. Sean O'Malley, Chris Motino, um, Pahea Nico Price is crazy. Elia Taporia knocking out Ryan Hall. Um, a whole lot of fun, Max Griffin, Carlos Condit, a whole bunch of crazy fights up and down that card, and dude, like... That was just, just an emotional me. night, dude, honestly, though. <laughs> like, it, it was, uh, that was like the first card I was hanging out with you and the boys, that was, that was a fun-ass card, man. Um, and just like the build-up, obviously, I think because of how the fight ended, the main event, I think it's something that's like not really being considered, but, you know... Just the build-up, the trash talk back and forth. It seems like we're essentially getting such a dramatic conclusion. And it was a dramatic end to the fight, just not a finite end to the trilogy or the, uh, you know, the rivalry. Josh, um, what do you mean? This is not over. This is not over. <laughs> he'll fight him outside, even though, you know, his leg's broke and he can't stand. He'll go fight. He'll, he'll, he'll see him outside. Um, yeah, man. Uh, overall, still, that was a fun card. My backup card. Was UFC 261 in May, Jacksonville, Florida, with the first card back with fans, full attendance, because there was a couple ones at the start of the year that had fans, but, um, full attendance. That's the one that had three title fights. Every single fight on the main card ended in a finish. Um, Camaro knocked out Jorge. Rose knocked out Wei Lee. Chev knocked out Andrade. Um, and then obviously Uriah Hall <laughs> injury. He got the win from, of course, Wyman, and then also um, Anthony Smith picking up a win over, you know. So that that was that was a that was a really fun card, top to bottom, just from the first fight. Like that crowd was electric. So that's going to be my backup pick. But yeah, this is just my two honorable mentions. Then that was that's a, overall. There's no bad answers for this, um, or very few, anyways. At least for pay per views, do like this is a straight up banger of a year, at least far as like events wise. Uh, they really loaded up on them, and they kind of showed that. But as far as this next one is going to be you know, a somewhat quick pick, I'd say. Um, upset of the year. Uh, obviously, upsets, they're part of the game. Underdogs always coming through. It happens, I mean, honestly, in every single card. But Angel, if you were to go and say pick one upset, which I'm sure I know what it is, uh, but what would be your upset of 2021? I mean, there's no, there's no bigger upset, Josh. It's Juliana Pena surprising the fucking world. You, you love to fucking see it, King. Mm-hmm. For sure, man. I mean, there was, there was one person on this planet that thought <laughs> Juliana Pena was gonna win that fight, and she's walking around, around with the belt right now, bro. Like that's, that's it was her. Yeah, that's badass. Um, yeah, there's no other pick. I mean, for my money, it's number, it's in the top three of, of top UFC upsets of all time. Um, it's number one, dude. It's either that or Sarah GSP. But I, 
it, I like I tell you in hindsight though, that's the thing with the Sarah GSP one. Because after the Sarah win, that's when that's when he was who he was. Like I told you way back when when we talked about it, I think GSP wasn't at the point where GSP is now at the end of his career when he lost to Sarah, opposed to where Amanda is at her career now, where it looks like she's closer to the end in comparison mm-hmm. to where GSP was when he had that loss. That's fair. It's definitely one of those losses that kind of ate. I feel like Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey is the opposite of that. You know what I mean? Like how um, that was a huge upset betting wise. But nowadays, we're like, oh yeah, no shit, Holly won that fight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, which <laughs> uh, that 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 happens sometimes. It's relatively rare. But yeah, I think the GSP Sarah ones has aged really well in hindsight. Now, granted, it's still one of the biggest upsets of all time, even with with counting that, just because at the time GSP was like the future. He had knocked out Hughes, and Sarah was still a really lowly regarded guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, coming off I mean, that tough I, I, win. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was coming off the tough. Um, I mean, there's other ones you can throw in there. Bisping Rockhold too, which is a really big one. Um, now I I thought Bisping was going to win that fight just because I was the biggest Bisping homer on the planet, but still, it was still shocking to see, uh, especially considering he came in a short nose and Luke beat his ass the first time. But yeah, overall, um, yeah, upset of you. I'm, I'm in full agreement. There's literally nothing else you can pick. Like I can't think of another upset that was more shocking to me, or even comes in the same stratosphere of Julian Pena defeating Amanda Nunes at uh, UFC 266. I mean, Not, dude, yeah. I don't even think Usyk and Joshua is even like no. that comparable. No, no, no. Because I think the thing about Usyk was um, him being AJ. It was like everybody knew it was possible. Like, but it just comes like his thing is you, it had Usyk not had that previous fight where he fought Chizo Roa, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. He looked bad in that one. Had he just gone up from cruiserweight, I honestly legitimately believe a lot more people would have chosen. Him, like, in going into that AJ fight. Just because he looked, I'm not sure if he was sick or something, or if it was just him adjusting the weight class. He did not look good in that Chizoroa fight. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, there was, there was a, he was an underdog, but it wasn't that crazy to see him win. I'd say that what was more crazy was seeing him how he won. Like, that fight wasn't even close. That's essentially what it comes down to for me, but, yeah, dude, Julian Alpena defeating Man United, that's up my upset of the year as well. Now, this one's gonna be fun. Um, top three fights of the year. This has been a crazy year for MMA. Um, although I will say, though, Angel, it's something we talked about on the show. It, it, we really didn't get a whole lot of fight of the year contenders until like the last two or three months. Um, there were some good fights, but nothing really stood out. So I'm curious to see what are your top three fights for 2021. Oof, there's going to be a name that's going to be repeated in here, and I'm actually going to be curious how you feel about it. I think you might have just me saying that makes me wonder if you already know who it is. I don't know. But, I mean, uh, my first one is Corey Sanahan versus Peter Yon, man. I mean, that was a fucking banger of a fight. Like, I remember sitting there and being like, dude, that was a great fucking fight. Like, right afterwards, I told you, I was like, that was fucking solid. I also have that followed by Corey Sanahan versus TJ Dillashaw. That makes sense. And then, this one I didn't want to include, but everybody's going to have it, is Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje. Oh, okay. I know. I kind of got boring there, right? But uh, to you got to include it, though. It's such a good fight. I mean, it's a good fight, but it's not. See, for me, it's like it's. I felt like Chandler kind of goofed off, and he didn't fight the fight as as well as he could have because he wanted to show mm-hmm. off a little bit. I mean, for honorable mentions, I'll include uh, Holloway versus Rodriguez. I thought that ended up being a fucking banger of a fight, especially how it started. Uh, mm-hmm. Burgos Barbosa, and then like 
probably one that no one even remembers except like fucking me is uh Mike Davis versus Mason Jones. Ooh. That was on a, fight that was Kiesa versus Magni fight night, if you remember that. That's a nice yeah, that's a nice ass pick, dude. That's there's a couple that's a really nice list. Um I feel like the Pewterion uh Corey Santanga fight's gonna be underrated in this discussion. I don't have it in my top three. But dude, people forget just how close that fight was, dude. You're like in hindsight um, now, right? You're in like, hindsight, fuck. that's the one I, I honestly I I'm just gonna rewatch. Like I saw somebody on Reddit talking about it yesterday. I was gonna go to the gym tonight. You know, I talked about like how I watch like UFC fights there. I was gonna watch that one literally tonight. Um, because I saw somebody on Reddit talking about it. But yeah, dude, that is that's a tremendous fight. That's one that's very underrated in this sort of discussion. Because dude, you can make I legitimately believe. Now I didn't think he won, but. If you're watching with certain judging glasses, depending on what you're watching for, Corey Sandhagen might have gotten a backdoor win out of that. Am I am I crazy to think that? We talked about it in the moment. We 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 had questions, but I thought, but we were always like, it leans this way, you know. Yeah. Like we, but we did have to say leans. It wasn't like a, a guaranteed, you know, just a decisive. Like that was a decisive this person round. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was no real case for it. Outside of, like, one round, I think it was round four when it appeared to knocked him down. Outside of that, every single round was close. Yeah, dude, that's a nice pick. The TJ fight, also a very, very nice pick. I think part of that was that fight didn't have a whole lot of activity or a whole lot of – I'm not going to put it in there, but in terms of the drama, there's not a whole lot better you're going to get for that one. I mean, that was an insane fight. Um, and then, obviously, Gaethje Chandler, you know, nice pick as well. You know, I'm, for my list personally, I got three of them. As always, same as you, Paul Daly versus Abajo Masi. Bellator 257. That was a fucking banger, yes. Yeah, a two-round war. Paul Daly getting a second-round knockout. Dude, Sabaho Masi coming out just beating his ass early. I mean, like, Paul Daly, dude, one of the most durable guys in the game, getting absolutely washed out by Sabaho Masi. I mean, I was in shock. And then he turns the tide. He starts beating his ass. And they start going back and forth, and Paul Daly gets the knockout win. That's a fight that's going to be un- very underrated in this in this sort of uh, conversation. Not a whole lot of people are really going to acknowledge it outside of us, but, dude, that's that's one of my top fights of the year. Number two, Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez, UFC 42. Excuse me, UFC Vegas 42. This one, some insane momentum shifts. Just both guys throwing everything out the wall. Max Holloway having to turn into a wrestler in the later rounds because his legs were so beat up. Um, truly an, an insane fight, a very, very fun one, and a fight that I didn't, really did not expect to go the way that it did, just two dudes throwing everything at each other for the full five rounds, and it, that came near the end of the year, so maybe I'm biased. Um, that was a overall, good one, though, dude. No, I don't think you could even, like, say that. I think that yeah. fight ended up being better than what I thought. I thought, you remember, I, I thought he was going to get fucking dominated, but, and, but yeah, you made us, you know, realize, like, hey, motherfuckers, I'm still here, you know? And with mm-hmm. all his fuck-ups, all his mistakes, he showed, hey, I'm still really good at this fighting thing. Yeah, he, he made a very good account of himself, for sure. Um, and, and honestly, dude, my last pick, I hate to say it, it's just engaging versus Michael Chandler using 268. There's, there's nothing – that fight, I get why you don't have it. Like, you uh, hate I, to put it in there. I hate to I put do. it in there, too. I do, I hate, dude. I hate to put it in there, too. Because like, for really me, it could, it, for me, I, and I said it, dude, I thought it was going to turn into Eddie Alvarez versus Michael Chandler, like, taken down, fucking her, he gets dropped, this, this you know, I thought it was going to go like that, but then instead I get fucking Chandler coming out third round, throwing fucking spinning kicks in midair and not making any sort of contact. Yeah, that's a fight that honestly, I have it, like, if I were to rank these, funnily enough, if I were to rank these three to one, I'm not, I wasn't ranking it in any particular way, that was just like my top three fights in no order, I'd probably have it number three. It was a fight that, as great as it was, the first two rounds of pure chaos, 
the third round was really not that. It looked like Gagey thought he either won the first round or the second. I don't know how Gagey thought he won the first round. I thought that was it. Yeah. King of the Needed got him out of lit up. Yeah, he got him lit up, yeah. Yeah, but then round two, he nearly finished uh, Chandler. And round three, Gaethje just took it off for the most part. And Chandler was just doing a lot of crazy shit. Like, he was shooting for takedowns. In between shooting for takedowns, he was throwing flying knees. He's and hyping doing a up lot the of, crowd. <laughs> exactly. And it, it was cool, but I was like, if you're going to hype up the crowd, you got to follow it up with something really cool. Yes. And, and he did. to land. Um, and I thought that was a fight. He could have he pulled it out near the end. Yeah. There, that was, like, I thought the same thing. I thought he could have um, won that fight. He could have ended the year two and one over a win with Justin Gaethje. I mean, he he had uh, one of the best debuts this year. I mean, it's up there with uh, Ian Barry and our boy Patty Pimlet and some other people who made their debut this year. It's funny because neither one of those guys I thought had the greatest debuts. <laughs> really, neither three of those guys. I mean, Chandler for sure. I think Chandler's far and away had the best debut. I mean, I mean he had. A, I mean, he had a big following coming into it and former Bellator. I mean, it's really hard to top that too. You know. Hmm. Because if, let's say, fucking Patty Plimo was coming off his fucking, you know, championship tenor at Bellator, you know, and he had all the hype he did from fucking uh, Cage Warriors going to the UFC and maybe fought a higher level opponent, I think we obviously get the same fucking praise, right? But all those guys are at different levels, though. It's funny because I think the levels go down perfectly. I think it goes Michael Chandler, Patty Pimlet, and Ian Barry. Like, it's actually like the perfect fucking drop a level between each guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, though, because those are the two guys that got hyped up the most in terms of, like, um, just debuts, you know what I mean? Like, in terms of, like, they came in with a lot of hype, and then obviously they they got a nice win, but part of it is, like, I can't really give, outside of Chandler, because I think, Chandler, it's easy to forget that he debuted this year. I think that's the biggest thing, is if people remember that he debuted this year, I mean, he knocked the shit out of Dan Hooker. Now, Dan Hooker lost twice after that or once he, after yeah, yeah, obviously looking back at that, it, it, it it's not that it hasn't aged well, but it's kind of like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, I don't necessarily blame him for that, but, oh, yeah. I mean, he came in at the time, and I'm, I remember correctly, he was an underdog in that fight, too, and he came in and he knocked on Dan Hooker immediately. And Dan Hooker still has one of the greatest chins in the game, so... Um, I mean, there's other debuts, like, overall I'd, I'd put over it, but that's just, you know. Who, who else made their debut this year? I can't think. Um, Umar Namagamadov made his debut this year. Um, Aaron Blanchfield made her debut. There's a couple of others. Uh, Terrence McKinney made his debut. Those are just a couple of the ones. I don't know but if I yeah. put some of those above it, though. I don't put anybody above Chain. I think Chain is far and away just because of the competition level. Well, yeah. Um, that's the other thing with them. Yeah, but yeah, dude. Overall, it's still very fun year. Those are our top three fights of the year. Um, but dude, I understand your point. Not to bring it back real quick, I completely understand your point about the, the Chandler situation. He really threw that fight away. I mean, I think like obviously he he got a fight of your contender. He got a lot of love for that. But I think if you if you ask him like a couple years down the line, because he's he's not going to get a title shot anytime soon. I think that that shit. I mean, he sailed. he'd have to go on a fucking run. <laughs> Yeah, I think that ship has sailed, honestly. And part of that is because that third round, I understand he was hurt and I understand he was gassed, but he just, he did nothing. He he he, he let that fight slip away. So I think a couple of years from now, probably kicking himself. Um, but obviously, we've been talking about MMA for much entirely this segment. So we're going we're gonna to give a little bit of shine to boxing. Angel, not a whole lot of boxing this year. A lot of the guys really only fought once, similar to last year, or they fought twice if we're lucky. 
Um, who is your boxer of the year? Dude, I mean, it had or has to be. Honestly, it, okay, look, I was going to say Tank originally, but I'm going to say Canelo, which is such a, like a – because you can make that case for Canelo for the last, what, three years probably now? Yeah, I'd say so. It's but, dude, the thing is, you can't even really hate on the dude because he boxed so much in a calendar year leading from last year into this year, and then he's still doing it into next year. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about Canelo is um, – Especially now that he's, like, on his own. Like, he's his own dude. I don't remember who I had last year. I think I might have given it to Tiafimo, which is a I nice pick. Um, I think we both might have given it to Tiafimo because that was just a crazy – Unexpected thing, you know? Yes, the way he did it, too, and then with the Loma hype and the just being so young, and it was such an emotional moment. Uh, And I think the year before that we did Manny, which we've I had different so. answers. Which we've, we've, we've had answers each different each year. So, yeah, I, I kind of – I think we're doing good. Yeah, except for this year because I'm also going to give it to Canelo Alvarez. Um, there's no other person, in my opinion, that you can give it to. Now, I like Gervonta a lot, but I think, you know, I'll, I'll say this. First win, Mario Barros, awesome win, straight up. Great fight, one of my favorite fights of the year in terms of boxing. Um, that second one, though, the Isaac Cruz fight, not only disappointing, but you can make the case that he lost that. I thought the scorecards were pretty ridiculous in terms of how that was a fun far one, apart they were. That was, that was, that was a, it was kind of fun, but, um, you know, like it. disappointing, disappointing showing, um, against a guy that's not, I like Isaac Cruz. Hey but man, he's not, he's I'm not, just gonna you need to go look at some of his wins, dude. I forgot who he fought. He put him out in the first round until no, he fought this nice. game guy. He beat, he beat Francisco Vargas. Um, he bought, he beat another guy that I can't remember. But the Vargas win is by far the biggest one of his career. I, th- I think but. what's it called? I think he also fought. Didn't uh, Teofimo also fight Vargas? Or am I think of somebody? I know they have a common opponent. Seem, dude, everybody's fought Vargas. At this point. Dude, well, the thing is, they have a common opponent. I don't know who it is, but Cruz put him out in the first, and I think Teofimo it took him like the, he took him the distance. I, I don't know. I just, I just know that like Isaac Cruz is the reason why he was. He he's a good guy, but he's very inexperienced, which is why it's disappointing that fight was so close. Um, that being said, you know I, I like Gervonta, but I just can't give it to him. Canelo, dude. I mean, if he had another solid win in there, I think it would have been chill. You could make a better case, but I, he just didn't. Um, I think you got to give it to Canelo, dude. I mean, to do what he did in a calendar year, nobody in boxing fights more than twice. You're lucky if you get him twice. I mean, you could say Usyk too. You could, but it comes down to whether or not you appreciate. Hold on, was that um just a royal fight in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one? That's a good point. Because if it was in twenty twenty, I mean, shit, one fight in twenty twenty one. Yeah, he only had one fight in twenty twenty one. The AJ one. Okay, that's the only I one. I didn't know. I didn't know if he had fought twice this year for some reason. That's, a, that's a nice win, but dude, Canelo would go three and zero. Now, obviously, on Yildirim, I don't really give a shit about, but yeah. for him to <laughs> knock out Billy Joe Saunders and Caleb Plant and, and unify the titles. You can find the titles, like you said. Super, super impressive. You gotta give it to Canelo. Three fights in 2021. 20, very rare, very, you know, unordinary out, out of like a boxer. You don't really see that shit that often. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, moving on, we gave our shine to the boxers. Now it's time to give our shine specifically to the MMA fighters. Angel, I feel there's a lot of different picks. I, we we divided up as we've done previously into females and males. So we're gonna go ahead and start with the female category. And there's a lot of different picks this one. I really don't think there's a wrong pick for this one either. Um, but who do you got for female fighter of the year? 
You know, you could pick any of the uh, the ladies this year, and I th- I don't think they're a bad answer. You can pick Rose, you can pick Valentina, you can pick Juliana, and I think that you can make a good case for them. I pick Valentina just because I'm like, you know, she was she stayed as champ, she defended her title twice, she did what she had to do. You can't really hit on her for just doing what she does best, right? Yeah. Both were finishes. She continues her title reign. I mean, it's 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 awesome. You know, like I said, you could you can also put Rose up there, right? Winning the title back, defending the title back. Granted, though, it was against the same opponent. You couldn't argue about the fucking rematch, all this, this, and that. You know what I mean? Julian, obviously, beating, you know, the greatest woman fighter of all time without argument, right? Uh, I'll argue it just for, just for the sake of arguing. But, She's uh, without a doubt the greatest woman. I like arguing for sake of arguing, okay? I can tell, dude, because there's no fucking way you can argue. You're just, you're place. just sad that Chris Cyborg could beat you up, Josh. It's How okay the- to. It's just so it's okay to feel weak. She 100% can beat me up, but like I've never, <laughs> never. How can you claim you're the greatest whenever the all whenever the only other go contender knocked you fucking like like she like, dude she was seeing stars, bro. Okay, hey, it's just one was, loss. It's only one loss, Josh. You're right. It's only one loss to the other goat contender. She got put out flat by the only other person in contention. It's not even a contest at that point. Hey, they only got to fight one time. I do. The, my issue will always be they never got to run it back. I would always want to know what happened. Like the UFC, then. I like I said last night, UFC should have released Cyborg. The, you said the UFC shouldn't have released Cyborg. Should have bullied Cyborg. Oh, I said, okay. I said that the last time when we got into this, repeating the conversation. It was it was it was pretty both ways. So the UFC was a dick for the most part, but then once. Hey, but being a bully ain't cool. You're right. Being a bully is not cool. And that's our uh, our bullying message for the week. You know, we're just trying to always we're trying to do good things out here, guys. Uh, we're doing an anti-bullying message. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, dude, uh, you give me Valentina, nice pick. I think part of it, my issue with Valentina is always, I think I gave it to, gave it to her last year, but I think with Valentina, it's, it's really the lack of competition. She beat, did beat Andrade, which was a nice win, but with the exception of that, I mean, I like Lauren Murphy a lot, but it's you know. I mean, who else was she gonna fight? You know what I mean? It's yeah, not, her, it's not her deserving fault. Of it. It's yeah. not her fault, but um, I am not going to give her fighter of the year. I'm gonna give it to Juliana Pena, dude. Um, two and zero in 2021, choked out Sarah McMahon, turns right around in a fight where nobody thought she could win, and she beats the goat. You know, um, she Good. went from she went from being like an afterthought to start the year to ending the year's champ. I mean, that's rare to see. Um, because nobody was even talking about her before this year. Not even, not even at all. Because you remember, she was coming yeah. off of 2020 where she got choked out by Duranini. And, and honestly, a really embarrassing fight. So, um, that's still the only win. Yeah, she lost to a kickboxer. Exactly. That's the only one by, uh, submission in Duranini's career, I believe. Uh, she's, in she's the grappler. Exactly. And, uh, so for, from for her to come off that super, Super embarrassing win, uh, excuse me, loss rather, to winning two in a row, breaking back into the top ten, breaking back into the top five, winning the title, beating the GOAT. Um, very, very impressive. Um, but in terms of male fight of the year, I think there's there's a couple of different options. There's a clear one, though. I'll let you go ahead and go. It's a clear one. You know, it's, it's a clear one that I don't like, too. Oh, well, go ahead and go ahead and give your fight of the year. You know, I almost want to change it right now. I almost want to say Oliveira, just so you know. Am I going to pick Oliveira? That's that's a different question, you know. I, I, I the correct answer is probably Kamaru Usman, 
do I want to say it? No, I really don't. But I have to say it because it's the right answer. I really, I think there's a solid argument for Oliveira. I want to pick Oliveira, but it's like, fuck, man. I think the right answer, as someone who's in this space, I should say Kamaru Usman. And I don't want to say it. I really don't. I know, I know you don't want to say it, but, uh, I like Oliveira a lot, man. I really do. I've loved his rise. You know, we've counted this man a drive for a long time because during, I want to say his entire rise, his entire winning streak has come within the, the confines of this show. I think the last time he lost was like, or the, whenever his winning streak started, was right whenever the show started. So, um, we've Wait, watched gonna, this Are you going to say Oliver or who are you going to say, actually? I don't know if, you got, if I got mixed I'm up there. I'm going to say Kamaru Usman. I, I fucking, to, I, I hate it. Don't you fucking hate it? I would it? love to give it to Oliveira, but you know what? That says a whole lot about Usman's character to where we can't argue against it. <laughs> right? I mean, like, I mean, that's the one thing, too. That's the reason I'm saying it, too. You know what I mean? Like, you legitimately can't argue. Like, here's the thing. To go from, he ended the year as champion, but he didn't end the year as some overly crazy, unstoppable champion, right? Like, he came in. He defended the title against Colby. He defended it against uh, Jorge in his only fight previous, and the only fight that he happened, like, that was the only fight of his for 2020 was the Jorge one, and that fight sucked. So he comes into the year. It was the worst fight, actually. He's champion. Nobody gives a shit about him. Like, for the most part, a lot of people thought he was going to lose to Gilbert Burns. He knocks the fuck out of Gilbert Burns. Now, granted, Gil, he had to survive. He showed his heart in that one. Gilbert did a lot better than what people remember. That was, that was but, a weird one, though, still. We should yeah, re- he, I love to sit down and rewatch that one with you. Sam, that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fight that a lot of people thought, remember, just, excuse me, it's a fight that people misremember a whole lot. Gilbert did very, very well in that one. He knocked him down. He got the finish. But then but stayed then on the ground. Kamaru <laughs> survives. He gets the knockout win over a guy that was terrible through the competition. I don't care that, like, he... That just makes it look even better, in my opinion. Like he and his homie. Adversity. It was his homie, too. Yeah, and uh, the, he fought his way through the adversity, dude, um, in a fight that, like, a lot of people were picking against him. And so, I mean, people talk about Colby being the biggest test of his crew. It was Gilbert Burns, bro, and he knocked him out. He came back strong to win that one. Faces uh, Jorge on short notice. I don't even, like, people forget how short notice that was. They announced that fight, I mean, like, in, like, Early April, right? That was also on short notice? On, yeah, well, it wasn't short notice for, like, as in, like, a week's notice. But it was, like, they announced that card in um, early April, and that card went down in early May. He had, like, a four-week camp. You can argue whether or not that's short notice. I think it's somewhat short notice. Um, but, yeah, dude, he turns right around and knocks the fuck out of it. Like, <laughs> so. That's, that's up there for knockout of the year, by the way. Completely ends the rivalry there. Turns right around, face off against, you know, the guy everybody said, you know, might beat him, how he might, uh, you know, he was his toughest test and all the controversy from the first fight. I really think there was any controversy, but a lot of Colby fans think so. Um, and he beats him. He beats him via decision. There's no more talking. There's no more competition. He's lapping these guys. Um, you know, and that's part of what makes Kamaru kind of uninteresting. I know that to you and a couple of other people, the fact that he is having to lap these guys because – well, so my, my whole thing was like some of those matches didn't have to happen again. He didn't have to fight Colby again. He didn't have to have he didn't have to fight Gamebred again. No. But he did, and those were two title defenses he repeated. Because what? I don't. How many total title defenses do you have now? Five, I believe. Four of those, are, or or four of those like, in total were with two guys repeated. Yeah, you know what didn't I mean. Didn't need to happen, and didn't need to happen. Now, granted, 
at the time that he did the Jorge one, if I remember correctly, there wasn't a whole lot of... Really, the only person that's kind of been robbed by this whole situation is Leon Edwards. <laughs> I mean, saying. I like guys like Luke, but he wasn't on a crazy... But, but even then, some of these could have... Like, even then, those fights could have happened order, and it would have been a lot similar of a process, and then by that time, you know, you would have had the Vincente Lugans in line, and, and then whoever else right now is up there, Sean Brady, you know, whoever it is right now, Leon Edwards. Mm-hmm. However, ended up what a panning out, right? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. Um, overall, though, a um, you know, you can't argue against him. I think that's what makes it so impressive. Is like we hate to give it to him because he's such an obvious pick, but he's an obvious pick for a reason. So yeah, that is um, only if Oliver could have fought one more time this year. <laughs> you can make a better case. You can make a whole lot better of a case, but unfortunately, I know I don't even think you'd be. I don't even think you would have to make it the case. I think at that point you could actually say Oliver over Kamara, in my opinion. Yeah, but. You know, moving on, dude, that's the end of the Sound Off Awards. Those are all of our awards we're going to give out. Congratulations to the recipients. I'm sure you guys are really just dying to get your physical version, which do not exist. Um, right. <laughs> moving on, though, we're going to give our predictions. We did this back in 2019, excuse me, 2020. Obviously, a lot of stuff didn't happen. That's why we didn't do it this year. Uh, COVID obviously came about. That, that small little thing you guys may have heard about. Um, but... We're going to go ahead and give them again. We're going to start off with the women. And, you know, we're going to go from 115 all the way to 145. For the men, we're going to go 125 to 265. Starting off the women, the women's strawweight category. This is a division that's a, that's been putting out bangers relentlessly for the past, fuck, dude, couple of years now. Um, it's by far the best, you know, women's division. But who do you got to be at the end of 2022? Who do you think is oh, going to be the women's strawweight champion? We we actually got to say who we think it's going to be, not if it's going to change hands or not. Oh, yeah. We got to see who we think it's going to be. Fuck. This actually kind of fucks me up. Go ahead and just give, just give a guess. Look, the thing is, though, if you would have told me, do you think this title would change in this division? I would have said yes. Okay. Who do you think it's going to end with? That's the issue, though. I don't know who it's going to end with. I Look, I'm going to give you a very, like... Unconfident answer. I'm going to say Marina Rodriguez. I think she becomes USC champ. That's a nice pick. She's actually an underrated pick, in my opinion, for Women's Fighter of the Year. She's a sleeper. Yeah, actually, yeah. Her and, oh, fuck, why am I blanking on her name? Other Brazilian gal. I don't think she fought as much as... I'm thinking about Amanda Hebos, but that might have been last year when she had a good year. Uh, She did pick up, a, I think she picked up two wins this year. Yeah, so that's another good one. So, yeah, I think, you know... um. Nice, nice picks there. I think Marina Rodriguez is a nice pick, solely because she's not very active. I'm actually going to pick Rose Namajunas to retain the title um, throughout next year. You know, so, like historically wise, Rose, you know, I like her a lot, but she's never really been the most active fighter. Like if you go back and look at her at her history, honestly, I mean, you can just go back to. When she first got into title contention, she fought once in 2018, once in 2019, once in 2020. She fought two times this year. So she's generally only once to twice a year. I think she's probably going to fight Carlos Barza next. And that's a lot closer fight than what people think. Uh, I'm going to take Rose to win it, though. Um, And I think that may be her only fight next year. She's not very active, just not being honest. So I'm going to pick her to end the year. I think it's the safest pick. Mm-hmm. Um, although I would not be surprised if Asparza ends the year's champ either. So that'd be crazy. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, dude, 
I like Rose a lot, and I also like Wei Li a lot. Wei Li was able to have a lot of success in the wrestling, and Carla is much, much better of a grappler. At least on, I mean, she's not as aggressive, but she, she's great on top. Mm-hmm. Especially great at getting takedown. She's improved a lot as well. She's improved her finishing technique and all that stuff, so would not be surprised if Carla wins the belt either. Moving on, um, I'd say easiest pick. Uh, do you think anybody takes the belt from Chevchenko? No, dude. I mean, unless someone just... Unless Talia Santos is really that chick, I feel like she'd be the one to do it. But right now, I don't. I wouldn't pick her. If there is yeah. a chick to do it in that division, though, it'd be her without a doubt. I mean, she's on a fucking... <laughs> she's on a fucking train right now, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. I mean, in... There's only two other people I could think that could do it. Obviously, Talia Santos is one of them. If she comes back, she's supposed to come back this year. Oh, um, but I know you're gonna say you know, Ta- uh, Tatiana Suarez, potentially hey. the only person who could do it. She's a big um, what if right now, though. She's such a big what if. If she comes back at this level that she left, fuck yeah, dude. No, not even a chance. I think she's bought like. How impressive she was! Like she was mauling people. Like she was. Uh, it's crazy. It's it's sad to think about because she hasn't fought in almost three years now. But dude, she was so good. I mean, she was being looked at as a female Habib. Like she wasn't losing a single round. Every single fight was so dominant. Um, if she comes back healthy, she comes back good. I I pick her to be champion, but that's such a big question mark right now. So I'm gonna go and take Shevchenko just to end the year's champ. Um, yeah, dude, moving on, women's bantamweight, obviously, you know, Nunez is always an easy pick, but huge upset earlier this month. Do you think she regains the belt? Do you think somebody else ends the year champ at 135? I mean, I don't think that Juliana will end up fighting anybody else outside of Amanda in a rematch, which makes me think there will only be one fight that year for the title, and it's not going to happen that early on. It'll happen midway through the year, unless... She ends up defending it and fights in December, or Amanda ends up capturing and fights in December, which I don't think is likely either. So I think Amanda can regain it, though. I pick Amanda to get it back. I feel like most people would pick Amanda in a rematch, though. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pick uh, Amanda to get it back. Um, I think she's gonna end the year's champion. I think I. <sighs> you know, she said that in the aftermath that like her body locked up, how it was such a weird experience and all that. I don't know if I believe any of that, um, but what I will say is that I just think, like, matchup-wise, I think she had a bad night, dude. I think she had a rough fight. It was her first time coming back to 135 pounds in two years. There was a lot going against her, and she gassed out, and she was clearly winning that fight. She really finished her inside the, uh, the first round. Um, but, yeah, dude, so it just I'm going to take Amanda to get the belt back. But, uh, you know, moving on to women's 145, no, Do man, you no. think that Amanda Nunes ends the year's champ? Yeah, because Amanda Nunes is not even going to fight at that weight class next year. You don't think so? Not once? I don't think she'll fight once. Unless they sign Kayla Harrison and they're like, yeah, fuck the Juliana rematch. So, you know, just... Here's the thing, right? I think that if I were to forecast the division, right? Nobody's going to fight at 145 outside of one fight happening next year. All together. Because, I mean, if you look at the division, what 145ers do they even have? I mean, Leah Letson is still there, technically. She lost to Felicia Spencer, but she hasn't retired. Felicia retired. Mia Anderson's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Zara Farron 
is technically on roster still, but I haven't seen her. So. Uh, Daniel Wolf. Oh, Daniel Norma Dumont's there too, you know. <laughs> so there are fights that can happen. But if I were to forecast women's fighting next year, I think Amanda Nunes is going to get the strap back in May-ish from Juliana Pena at 135. She's going to end the year fighting Kayla Harrison. I think Kayla Harrison's going to beat that ass, and I think she's going to become women's 145 champ. What a fucking prediction right there. Holy fuck. I Look, look, dude, all I'm saying is sometimes you can tell in training. Um, you Obviously, you can just tell by, like, body language and shit. Sometimes fighters get confident about certain things happening. Dude, she is uh there's a reason why she's gunning hard for that fight. Oh like, yeah. To get into the UC. There's a reason. Like you know she's gotta be getting the better of her training, otherwise she would not be trying so hard to get that fight. Um So yeah, dude, I'm gonna go and take Kayla Harris and Emmy as champion. I'm not sure um I was that's a that's a big kind of bold prediction because she's not even signed yet and there's a whole lot that needs to go right, but I think it's all gonna go right. I think even if Nunez loses to Pena, I think she'll probably fight at one forty five just to try and you know, defend that belt, and I think she'll lose that one too. I don't. I I think Kayla Harrison is going to win, dude. She's she's so good. I think that the lack of competition is the only thing holding her back. Um, she's so fucking good. I've always said that if as as good as it is winning in certain fights, and like as important as com- uh, competition is, dude, it, it's almost as important. Even if you're beating bad fighters, defeat them, like beat them in such a dominating capacity, and she's done that and more. Like it's not even. It's not even a fight against some of these girls. Uh, but moving on to the men's side of things, dude, this is where things get tough, you know. Uh, there's more divisions, a lot more uncertainty. We'll start off with the little men, the flyweights. Uh, who do Man. you got ending the year as champion? You know, it, it, there's a lot of question marks here, right? Because I think it's dependent on what they decide to do with certain people as far as where the division is. I was telling you before the pre-show, I'm telling you, Kai Carl France, right up there in the mix. He's, I know he's ranked six. The only reason he's behind Brandon Ravel is because that loss was there. Alex Perez is right up there, but like I said, I, I still feel like Kai Carl is like slightly ahead of those guys, even with the recent losses. Pantoja, also some recent losses. Common opponent, Brandon Curran champ, as, uh, also fought Davison. I feel like it isn't unrealistic for Brandon to be the champ next year. Especially coming off that that good of a victory, but then at the same time, Davison did have that botch weight cut, which makes you wonder. But regardless, even with the botch weight cut, you know that in the later rounds he slows down. And then if Brandon can keep that pace early on, I know I'm kind of previewing the fight. I'm not. I don't mean to do that, but uh, you know, it, you 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 can imagine that maybe he can recreate it again. Now he will probably end up fighting again and defending the title. That will either be Askar, Askar, Pantoja. I don't know if they're gonna have those guys face off. I think that if he is the face against, if he faced Pantoja, I think he beats Pantoja finally in a rematch. I feel like if, 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 I'm like, there's no way this guy gets this far and doesn't beat his demon at this weight class. We talked about it earlier last year. We're like, you know, if there's one matchup that he needs to make for him to actually cement himself in his mind as champ and like justify him being champ at this weight class, it has to be that fucking Pantoja win because he's fought him twice and it hasn't been close either time. For sure, and dude, Pantoja is a nice pick, but I think Moreno, it could just be that one performance, but it looks like he's finally hitting his stride. That being said, I have an outside pick. It's a man that I thought I could have that could have ended the belt, ended the year with the belt this year, but obviously a whole lot of a whole lot changed, a whole lot happened. It just wasn't in the cards, man. 
I think Askar Askarov, undefeated. He had the draw with Moreno once before. He's going to fight Carl France in March. I assume the winner of that is going to be fighting the winner of uh, Moreno and Figgy, the trilogy. I think regardless of who he faces, I think he's going to beat him, man. Um, taking Askar Askarov to end the year as champion. Um, regardless of a very fun weight class, not a whole lot of... Great, I didn't say Pantoja, by the way. I was going to say Pantoja was one of the guys that I think if he rematches, he could beat. Yeah. Fair, no, I, I got what you're saying. Um, yeah. So my pick would have been Askar Askarov, just so you know. Oh, shit. Okay. You cut me short a little there. You're good. Uh, oh, my bad. My bad. Yeah, dude. Moving on to 135. Whole lot of options here. Um, oh, shit. What do you mean, bro? I'm confident as fuck on this one. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's a whole lot of options here, but, uh, who do you got to end the year's champion? I think I got a feeling who I, it's going to be though. You know, there's no question about it. I don't think anybody else does it outside of Peter Yan. I think he goes, rematches Aljamain with the interim title, becomes the, the official UFC champ. I think if he defends that title, he beats TJ or Jose, whoever they fucking throw at him. And he remains champ for the year and becomes the 135 king once again. I don't see anybody else at this moment in time in that division holding that title down for a while except him. It could be Aljamain. I just don't think Aljamain is going to be Peter. That's just my whole thought there. He got, he, you know, I, like I said, when that fight ended up happening, in my opinion, it was going a certain direction and I didn't think it was going to change. Going into this next year, they're going to eventually, they're going to fight that match again. They're going to rematch. Aljamain's going to be coming off surgery. It's going to be a tough one. For Aljamain, and I don't think he's gonna be able to get it done against Peter. I think it's uh, it's the end of his uh, short little title reign that was given to him via very technical circumstance, you know, and it's just how it goes. I don't, I don't think there's a uh, in anything or anybody else in this division who who'd be a better option than Peter. We could run down each person, and, and I could give you a good reason why I don't think they'll be champ next year. And uh, and as far as like a match matchmaking, I don't think some of those matches make sense at this moment in time. So I, I don't I don't even think I like I know they're gonna have TJ fight at some point, but TJ had that surgery, so I don't think that'll be quick anytime soon. And it's gonna happen very late in the year. So if Peter doesn't become championing, I think that'll happen like like around. November, maybe September next year. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm being very out there with this because obviously we don't know how the fight, whenever the fight does happen, obviously injuries can happen after that and all that. And we can get into some specifics, but, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what's in, what ends up happening there. I, I think this one for me is as far as me, when it comes to any division, I think this is the most, at, at least for the guys, I think this is the most secure pick. Uh, yeah, man, you can't go wrong picking Pewter Yon. Um, I think there's a clear reason, uh, why, and I think it's just because if you look at the contenders across that division, right, obviously Aljamain holds a win over him. <laughs> Aljamain does hold a win over him, but it is by DQ, and as much as I like Aljo, I had, I had him winning that fight by, but it was like, by the time of the stoppage, I mean, like you saw how the fight was turning. Um, on the scorecards, I think technically two of the three judges had him winning too. Um, which is funny to think about, because, like, if you think about that fight, everything's a pure domination, but, like, Aljo was, like, doing a good job with the volume early, but you could tell, like, he gassed hard going for those takedowns. I wonder how the fight would have turned out had Aljo not, like, been trying to shoot for his life 
and getting gassed out because he's getting thrown around like a child. Like on the volume on the feet, he was actually doing pretty nice, throwing a lot of different feints, doing a lot of different looks. I don't think he beats him though. I truly don't. I mean, I, in terms of the only way that I think he beats him is if some sort of scramble happens. Because um, Aldridge's submissioning, like submission and finishing skills, are just phenomenal. But I think Aldridge's going to end the year. Excuse me. I think Peter Yon's going to end the year as champion. Um, I mean, if you look at the division, I like a lot of those dudes, dude. I, I really do. I like Corey, but he already lost to him. I think he beats the hell out of TJ. Um, I mean, who else? He already beat Aldo. I like Dom Cruz, but Dom Cruz would not win that fight either. Like, I'd be interested to see how a guy like Marab deals with it, with his pressure and his wrestling. But I don't think it would go up for him either. So just in terms of – and I don't think he'll be in the conversation either for title uh, by the end of 2022. So I'm going to go and take Piotr Jan to end the year's champ. I think he's probably the safest pick. Um, But moving on to 145, dude, there's really two options here. Um, It's crazy, isn't it? I know. And – you can't go wrong with either one. Who do you think ends the year's champion? Alexander Volkanovsky or Max Holloway? Dude, the Blessed Express, man. Max Holloway in the trilogy. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Fair enough. I, I, you know, obviously I thought he won the second fight. I think that even at the end of the first fight, the tide started to turn. He started to have more success than Southpaw, throwing a lot of different things. He kind of figured stuff out. Also, Max I in his last two fights do the comparative bulk, though. You got to be honest. Like, I'm not pretty fucking impressive. I know. That being said, I'm think I'm picking Volk to end the champion. Not because I think he'll actually. I don't know if he'll beat Holloway, but I think if Max win this top, wins the title, he's still gonna dip out. I think he's done with 145. I mean, if you just look at the way he's treated, like. He's gunning hard for that 155 fight against Connor, and even then, outside of that, I think he's. I think you're just a little bit tired of it, man. I think like Maiden that making that cut, he's only gotten older and that gets harder as time goes on. And it wasn't even an easy cut for him a couple of years ago. Um, so yeah, dude, I'm going to go ahead and take, um, Volkanovski and the year's champion, even if he loses that fight. Because if, for example, if he loses that fight, I think Holly's going to move up regardless just to kind of get that win back. Um, and then I think Volk against anybody in a vacant title fight, I'd pick Volk over. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, dude, overall, though, still a a, a great division. I, I think that there's a lot of different options. But moving on, dude, moving on to lightweight. This one, goddamn, what a division. Um, right. As always, dude. I mean, you got, obviously, Charles Oliveira is the tr- current champion. Justin Gaethje's waiting in the wings to challenge him for the title. Con Rigger is set to return. You know, he still can't count out a guy like Dustin. And obviously, Islam Makhachev is making the rise up. Benil Daryush is coming back, dude. There's so many different choices you pick for this one. Who do you think ends the year's champ? I'm picking Oliveira, Josh. He's going to shock the world. He's going to keep shocking the fucking world, dude. He's going to still be champ by the end of 2022. Dude, that's a nice pick. Very, very nice pick. Josh is um, like, I I love fantasy stories, too. <laughs> I, I, too, love fantasy stories, bro. Um, I love I love Chucky Olives, you know. I like Charles Oliveira a lot. I Chucky love his Olives. rise. I think that's he beats funny. Gaethje. I think he faces Connor. I think he beats him, too. Actually, I take that back. I think Connor's one of the worst matches for him in the division just because of how precise he is, but um, I'd still probably pick him. I think Islam Makachev's going to end the year's champion. I don't think he's as unstoppable as everybody proclaims him to be. Just I think, wait till they go Connor that title shot. You know, it's funny. I think if Connor gets the title shot, there's a very good chance he wins, which is something that people really need to get get used to. 
Uh, <laughs> right, that's a tough, even against a guy like Gabe, the problem with Connor, dude, is Connor comes out so precise. And I, I've maintained that if he was not facing, I mean, dude, Dustin, Dustin Poirier probably has the best chin in the lightweight division. If he's not facing Dustin Poirier in that, in that rematch in January, I think Connor might be the lightweight champion right now. Like, he was. It's a crazy on, idea, isn't it? He was money, dude. People forget how good Connor looked in that first round up until he got, like, brutalized by the calf kicks. Like, he was money. Like, Even he was landing. One. Huh? Even in the third one, right? The like third he, one, he wasn't as like he he came out really aggressive because apparently he had the injury already, mm-hmm. um, so he wasn't as precise. But in that second one, dude, I think if he, if that Connor comes out against most people in lightweight division, I think he beats him. Like he was so precise, he was so quick, so fast, so powerful. I, I that Connor, dude, I encourage people to go read watch that fight because Dustin had taken a lot of bombs. You know, you know. Yeah. I know we're not like trying to talk about Connor. We talk about Connor a lot this last year, but do you think he's actually like, as far as MMA, he's still in it for this next year seriously? Like, do you yes. still say Connor is a serious draw? I do, yeah. And not like as a, what is it called? I'm trying to think of the word. I want to word this properly, but kind of, not a joke, but Pass kind of. Not as not past his prime, but as far as him be, being in in fights, it's more for uh, for show rather than actually like trying to chase the title. Mm, okay. Uh huh. Yeah. So at least in that, um, I think the thing about Connor is is that nobody really knows how good he is. I think he's still in it to win it. I think in and by into it, I mean like to be, become champion. Because at this point, when you're as rich as Connor is, Connor's the most rich combat sports athlete on the planet. Um, it's either him or Canelo, but dude, Connor. I mean, he's number one this year, right? In terms of like the Forbes, yeah. because of uh, the Irish whiskey shit, you know, Barber yeah. Twelve. I mean, it's probably Canelo, um, and then him second, probably without a doubt. But like in terms of at least for this year, he was the richest on the planet altogether. It might be Canelo, or it might be a guy like LeBron, but like he's. We're talking combat, though. We're not talking. Yeah, but like, I'm talking. Talk, in terms of like well, well, let me tell you this, dude. You never know how much money these fucking golfers make or these uh, tennis players do. When I see those fuckers on the list, I'm like, what? That's true, dude. A lot of those guys get a lot of money in sponsorships um, because a lot of like the top ones are the only ones that people know. So yeah, um, but yeah, dude. I mean, in terms of like, dude, Connor. The only reason he fights at this point is for show and and for you know to to become add to his greatness, add to his legacy. Um. Because he's so fucking rich, dude. Like he could have, he could have retired after the Floyd fight and been fine. He's still coming back. He's still putting these huge fights together. And for a guy that's worth almost a billion dollars, what's like another ten mil gonna add to it? Not a whole, not a whole fucking lot. He's really fighting for just for you know the legacy at this point. Um, and I think the fact that he's fought Dustin these past two times, it really, it's because remember, dude, remember back after he beat the shit out of Cowboy. And, like, yeah, I understand Cowboy had been, like, he lost two fights before that, but he hadn't gotten washed out of it in either one of those fights. Mm-hmm. Like, Connor demolished him in 30 seconds. People really thought, oh, yeah, Connor's going to walk right Yeah, and Connor's going to walk right into being fucking champion again. And then he fought the dude with the toughest chin in the division, lost via injury once and lost via, you know, come from behind knockout win for Poirier the, sec- the second time. Um People were talking about Connor like he's just like he's fucking Tony Ferguson, bro. Like people really are just kind of dunking. Well, on Tony Ferguson's actually old now, though. No yeah, 
in past his prime, but we don't know where Connor is, is my point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, mean, I think legitimately anything can happen with him. Um, but if I were to pick end the year, I don't think Islam is as dominant as people want to see. People want to talk about him being the next Habib. Um, first of all, he's already lost. And, um, and second of all, just through watching, we can already tell that he's not as dominant as Habib is, just from pure fighting style. Um, I, I am going to go ahead and, and take Islam to end the year's champion regardless, though, just because if I look throughout the division, I think if, if there's a whole lot of question marks but I think in of all the scenarios possible, I would pick Islam to win. Like of the majority of those, the matchups that are available. So, yeah, uh, I'm gonna go take Islam, but it's not a confident pick by any means. Moving on to Walter, right? This one's interesting, just because I think there's a clear favorite, and I think there's a there's there's a lot of different things that can happen. Uh, who do you got ending the year as a 170 pound champ? I mean, bro, it's gonna be Kamaru, more likely really than not. Yeah, he was, you know, he's, I think so. I mean, unless you, unless Hosmot's that guy, I think, you know, it'd, it'd be Hosmot. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Um, I mean, unless Luke shocks the world, dude. I mean, I think if there's a guy, and you said it forever long ago, that's your dark horse of that weight class. If there is a guy to shock the world. Like, uh, if, if there's a guy to be like all Oliveira at this weight class, I think it'd be him. He's interesting to me, because I think at a certain point, and maybe even a certain point soon, Luke is gonna get cracked, man. Like he is—he takes a fuck ton of damage. That is the he issue. He takes so much damage, and eventually that's gonna wear on you. And the older you get, the harder it gets. Um, and I just—I mean, I might even pick Luke to beat Kamaru straight up, just skill for skill. I mean, Luke is dangerous off his back. He's dangerous on the mat. Uh, he has tons of punching power. But even then, like, he's, at he's a good point, on the feet. Good on the feet, obviously, but at a certain point, that chin's going to crack, and it's going to be hard to watch. Um, and I think that might be approaching it soon. So I'm not going to pick Luke and Kamaru. I was going to pick Kamaru, but I truly think the way the division is going to play out, I think the end of next year is going to have Sean Kamaru Brady. For- oh, no, 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 no. I like Sean, but no. I think the year is going to end with Kamaru facing off against Hosmop. And I would pick, I'm would i going to take Hosma, dude. Um, Whoa, the fucking tech I think Kamaru's got one foot out the door. He, he's pretty much said that he has one foot out the door. And I'm not even sure if he'll – he may just beat Leon and dip. Like, he really might. And I'm not even sure if he beats Leon. I think Leon's very slept on. I could totally see if, if Kamaru pulls the shit that he pulled in the second Colby fight where, like, he tries to keep the fight on the feet. And obviously you could say that he respected Colby's wrestling, but I don't think he really did. Um <laughs> If he tries to keep that fight on the feet, dude, I think Leon can totally outpoint him. But we'll have to see what happens. I am going to take Hosmont to end the year's champion, though. Just because of the way it's going to play out, I think he's probably going to go ahead and fight once against a top contender, maybe Bilal Muhammad, and I think he's uh, going to beat him. And then I think he's going to end up, you know, moving on, fighting for the title. I don't think he's going to beat Kamaru, or even if Kamaru's not not there, I think he's going to fight whoever is there for the title. I think he's going to beat him. So, yeah, man. Bro. Just you wait for Rumble in the Jungle, dude. John Jones versus Ngannou and fucking Izzy and Kamaro for the 185 title, dude. I'm saying it right now, dude. <laughs> Hasn't Kamaro already said he's not going to fight for the belt if Izzy has it? Oh, yeah. We've talked about it. I, no, he said the money would have to be pretty fuck. I mean, he's put out a pretty ridiculous number for them to fight for it. 
Well, yeah, he put out, I think he said 100 mil, but obviously 100 mil, that's not going to happen at all. I think he yeah. just threw out a high number. Granted, though, I feel like if they got, like, a pretty good number, he maybe take it. Like, it'd have to be pretty up there, but I think if they got, like, a realistic, really good number, it'd be like, okay, this is kind of unavoidable. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's some life-changing money. I think if there was some, like, life-changing money that it's just, like, if he doesn't take this, it's actually one of the biggest mistakes of his life. I think that's when he would do it because like, he did give that ridiculous of a number, but that's that's just to put out like the magnitude of importance it is to him and what it will take for him to find his friend. Whereas, you know, realistically, if the right numbers put out there, you know, he'll fight him for this much and that amount will be more realistic, whatever that realistic amount is. I don't know what that realistic amount would be or whatever feasible amount it would be for him, but he also has to think about where they are as, as stars in in the UFC and in the grand scheme of all combat, right? Like they're they're known, but at the same time, it's not to the extent where they could make hundred mil. And even if he did, and he's not even that big of a name to call out a guy like Canelo, which I know that sounds kind of like when you look at the UFC, he's probably one of the biggest names, but it's like it's not big enough to get you that Canelo fight, dude. Because I don't even think I don't even think Connor at this point, if he really wanted to, he could get the Canelo fight. Which I mean, that I mean, we could debate about that. I don't know if you agree with me on that. But it's 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 definitely something that you could throw out there and bring into question whether or not there is uh, something there or not. But it, it'll be a money thing. Like I always tell you, if the money's there, people will do things. With them, though, I I, I mean, I don't know if realistically it'll ever happen, but it's an option. I mean, I'm, I'm saying as a joke, right? I, I said Rumble in the Jungle, Jones versus Ngannou, and fucking Izzy, and, and him for the 185 title, and, you know, his attempt at becoming champ champ, which... Like I said, what are, what are the odds of that ever happening? I mean, they won't because, you know, no one wants to give us what we want. Okay. Uh, yeah, and so tomorrow's a good pick overall. Like I said, the easy fight might happen. But speaking of Izzy, moving on to 185 pounds. I think there's another clear pick here. Um, but who do you got ending the year, champ? I mean, he he's cleared out that division. Unless Derek Brunson comes out here with that supposed game plan now, I mean, I doubt it's it's going to happen. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't see any capacity in which anybody but Israel Adesanya ends the year's champion. Like, I truly don't. If you it, look at the It's divi- so crazy how it's not even close in that division, right? It's not even close. And as much as I like Robert Whitaker, Robert Whitaker's going to have to fight. And it's possible, too. Let me say this much. It's possible that Whitaker can fight the perfect fight of his life and win the second fight. But even if he wins the second fight, I don't think he's going to be able to replicate it for the third. Like, I think it's. He'll have to fight a perfect fight. Like as much as as good as Robert is, if you were to build somebody from scratch and say, "Who do you want to fight Robert Whitaker to beat him?" It's Israel Adesanya, and it's so unfortunate because Robert is so fucking good, dude. That crazy. Um, it, he's so good, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and take Izzy. Uh, Whitaker is a live dog, but I, I would be surprised if he won, um, especially considering we saw how devi- like decisive the first fight was. Wait, what's gonna happen with that division, dude, next year? Because it really is gonna be stale after that. You know, he'll fight the winner of Cannonier Brunson. Because I think the only way that's kind of interesting for me is if Cannonier wins that fight. But it's going to be like, damn, Brunson had all those wins. You know what I mean? It's going to be like such an L for him. True, true, true. But even then, Cannonier would be a fresh matchup, but I think he's going to lo- he would lose even worse um, than Brunson would. I don't see a way Cannonier wins that, honestly. No. I don't like, I'd give Brunson, even though Brunson got washed out the first time. But what I'm saying I'd is, after that, after after 22, 2022, 185 is going to be kind of 
stale. True. Um, maybe shit. The winner of of Hermanson Strickland, maybe. I, I guess that'd be one of the next guys. I mean, I think Strickland more than anything, right? Not not so much Hermanson. I feel like they'd still want Hermanson to get maybe one or two wins after that. He de- he definitely have to fight like a Vittori Paulo type after that or Robert type. Maybe I think it depends on how the division shakes. I think out if Hermanson wins, I'm saying if Hermanson wins, if Sean wins, yeah, maybe one more fight and it doesn't even have to be one of those guys. True. I also I don't know, man. It'll be interesting. You see, he's kind of pushing Sean Strickland right now, which is weird because I know he's dangerous to have. I'm not sure if you, they want him as champion, but they seemingly do. I think you know what's what's the saying? Uh, all all publicity is uh, all publicity is good publicity. Yes, until you're talking about being a neo-Nazi and murdering people. Like it's fun, as fun as it is for us to watch. It's like fans of the sport because we're used to this shit. Like, good lord, dude, could you imagine if he becomes champion? Hey, hey man, but he, it's a good story. It's a good story though. He changed, <laughs> don't you think? Come on. <laughs> but he didn't change. He still talks about wanting to murder people. Yeah, but he's not talking about being a neo-Nazi though. Like he's not saying. Oh, okay, he, you're right. <laughs> he's not. He's, going- he's div- <laughs> He's diversity personified now. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like, he's not, like, saying anything like that. Like, you know, you could be like, you know, something, this guy used to have these crazy fucked up thoughts about, you know, being, well, fuck, I guess, never mind, you're he's right. He's had crazy fucked up thoughts about killing black people. Now he only thinks about killing people, you know? He's, <laughs> he's evolved. He's taken away color. Now it's just generalized. Now he just, <laughs> now he just wants to kill anybody. You know, it doesn't. He's not even racist anymore. He just wants to murder anybody. What a cool story, bro. Um, yeah, no, that's yeah. They probably don't want him to be champ. <laughs> but I, you know what? We'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. Um, I think he's. I think fucking Israel would kill him. I think he fucking. That's. Terrible. I think he'd be. A, I think he'd be a fun matchup, though. I think he'd be a tough guy. He'd be fun, but I don't see a way that he's even competitive. Like I could see him staying in there because he's so durable. And, you know, he fights a lot of pressure. But maybe he, maybe he could get him down one time. We don't know. Maybe. Maybe. You know, but granted, though, Izzy isn't even bad on the ground, though. That's the thing. That's true. That's true. Izzy's actually very underrated on the ground. Um, but, you know, moving on, man. Moving on to light heavyweight. Very interesting division here. There's a lot of up-and-comers, a lot of guys that are around. Obviously, the champion, Gilbert Teixeira, absolutely goaded after his last win. Uh, but who you got ending the year as a 205-pound champion? I got Yuri Pushaka, man. I think he gets it done. I do too. I'm gonna take Yuri. Um, I think he beats Glover, and after Glover, there's no real. Con- I mean, there's no clear option after Glover either. I think it, I feel like they're gonna get Rockage, but they're gonna be like a super fan of that. And then I think behind Rockage, it could be Smith or Magomed on Goliath. That's true. You know what's funny? If the division had more clear, had like a more clear area, and also if Yuri fought more often, because Yuri's had like two fights in like three years or something. Like Yuri, obviously, there's COVID going on. Uh, but he's never been the most active guy historically. Um, if the division was more active, years more active, I'd probably pick Magomed Ankalaev. I think he's going to be champion sooner rather than later. I just don't know if it'll happen within the next 12 months. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to pick year to end the year's champion and then move on to heavyweight. This one, um, obviously there's a heavyweight title fight going down in January. But there's no, you know, that fight's very, very close. And after that, there's no real, you know, to be Stipe, to be Stipe or Jones, dude. Oh God, please no. Uh, That's not wait, even unrealistic, you... though. No, no, I know. Sadly, uh, who do you got ending the year champion, though? Francis Ngannou. Really? Yes. Just you fucking wait. 
Francis Ngannou, not a bad pick, not a bad pick. Obviously, the current champion, he's got enough power to beat anybody. I'm going to say Cyril gone, man. Gosh, he uh, can knock you out. I love how this has been my meme today. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I'm going to take Cyril gone, man. I think that that fight is going to be very intense, very, like, very interesting. And I'm still debating. Let's just say this. Whoever wins that fight is going to be the year's champion. Like, whoever wins between Gon and Gon, it will end the year's champion. You don't um, think Jones could end the year's champion? I think if Jones fights either one of those guys, he gets he's going to get fucked up. I think either one. Just I think if he fights Cyril, he's going to get outpointed <laughs> to death. But Josh, he's the GOAT, dude. He's going to beat anybody. It doesn't matter the weight class. One, yeah, he'll beat anybody. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll really, dude, the only time that John, John Jones picked up a win in the last two years is his wife, okay? He's not beating anybody. Um, which, by, which, we're not, let's just, let's just be clear on this since we're talking about John Jones. I'm not. I'm not going to be the guy to pick him. I'm not going to be a part of John Jones' rehabilitation tour, bro. I'm not going to do it. Like I'm not. Josh, but he's changed. Josh, he's changed. He's changed. He's changed. He's changed again. You know. Um, I'm not going to do it. You know. I'm not going to pick. And even if you were talking, Josh, he's trading with Henry Cejudo, dude. He went to his house and ate his mom's food. He's a good person. You know, dude. You know what? This is like the equivalent of the NFL version of like Antonio Brown going to live with Tom Brady. Like, wait, wait, that was a thing. It's a thing. He's living with Tom Brady. I'm sorry. He lives in his guest house, I believe. What the fuck? See, that's a smart he, choice for him, though. Him not change. Gonna... He's helping him change. But he's actually helped him change, though. That's the thing. <laughs> no, he really hasn't, though. It, d- really? Has it gotten worse? I haven't kept up. Antonio <laughs> Brown literally just got suspended for having a fake, a fake vaccine card. You know something? That shit was funny, though. I'm not even in the can. No, it was really funny. But, like, he's, uh, you know, he hasn't changed in slides. I mean, I at least... He keeps it under wraps sometimes. Like, nobody thought Antonio Brown was crazy up until, like, 2019. But apparently there was a lot of shit that went down. You know, down. the way his year started and then he ends up winning a fucking ring, isn't that how crazy is fucking reality, right, for some know, people? Right? Good for him. But uh, back to the actual topic, I don't see – I'm not going to pick John Jones. Even if we're talking purely about fighting, not about the drama, I don't see a way that he ends the year as champion because I think Josh, he's a fire fight. Wait, wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, man. Oh God. Josh, know. he's a public defender. He goes out there with his dog and does that trait. Was it that advanced he, shooting? Dude, he, bro, he is a he's a he's a marine, bro. Have you not seen his Instagram? <laughs> he's a vigilante, dude. Yeah, man. Uh, even if we're not talking about John Jones, a human being, which is just despicable, um, I'm. I would go ahead and I'd still take him to lose again. I think he beats the rest of the division. I feel pretty comfortable saying that. I think Cyril Gon is a terrible matchup for him on the feet, and I think Ngannou would knock him out. John is way too hittable, especially nowadays. I mean, back in the day, he used to be pretty good with rolling with punches, but dude, Dom Ray, if he gets hit with some of the shots Dom Ray is lit him up with, like, and oh my god. Shout out Dom Reyes, RIP him. I hope, I hope uh, he has a great 2022 comeback, by the way. Me too, dude. I would love to see Dom Reyes pull back, just because that's such an unfortunate situation, dude. That's such a bad situation. I mean, he beat the GOAT. He did. I mean, and he didn't... I mean, at the same time, though, I think, like, some of that shit fucked him up, though, in his following fights, and it, he had a fast... I mean, I not even say a fast turnaround, but it well, was just, is, like, it was a terrible matchup. Well, this is what I talked about immediately in the aftermath. I'm like, dude... Even if he wins, like it's got to be so demoralizing to do everything you did, have the world like see like at this point as time's gone, I was like, oh yeah, Dom won that fight. In the moment, it was it was less clear, but everybody's kind of like, oh yeah, Dom won that fight. Unless you're like the most hardcore hardcore. John they were fan. both two shitty losses too. I know he got 
knocked out in both of them. Oh, and, and, now, and, and disgustingly, too, in both. Exactly. But, dude, to go from that, we're like, you beat the GOAT. Like, you, everybody sees it, but you don't have the belt around the waist. You, nobody looks at you as champion because, like, you technically didn't win. Like, everybody thought you won the fight, but even then it's like, uh, you know. It's been like, silent, by the way. I haven't heard from him in forever. We got knocked out horrifically. I'm glad he's taking time off. But, yeah, I haven't seen anything. I haven't heard of him. I haven't even, like, seen him at pay-per-views. Like, he's yeah. taking – I should. I don't even know. I haven't looked at his Instagram in forever. I should go check that out here in a minute. Yeah. But it's got to be so demoral. I'm like, no wonder the dude fell off, dude. Like, it's so hard to, like, have that happen to you and then have to come back and act like, you know, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll win the belt. Like, it's such a demoralizing thing, man. So no wonder he's not – like, no wonder he hasn't performed as well. Like, it's, it's so depressing. Um, but at least, like, moving on from that, man, that's that's all of our awards. all of our predictions for next year. Quick couple of uh, news hitters, just a quick, uh, quick couple of things to talk about forward to you know end the show end 2021 on a good note eagle fc recently signed kevin lee it was a signing a lot of people thought he's going to go to belt a lot of people thought he's going to pfl and said he goes to habib Nurmagomedov's promotion uh which is making the u.s debut next month his fight's going to be in the u.s in march and they've been making a lot of big signings recently they signed obviously you know rashad evans they signed Henan Barrow, Tyrone Spong, Sergei Karatanov, and now they signed Diego the Nightmare Sanchez. Um, obviously, those two are going to square off Kevin Lee and Diego at 165 in March. I've heard the fight's not officially signed yet, but verbal agreements, all that shit. Um, yeah, man, interesting fight. A lot of people actually really fucking hate this one. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I mean, I, that's a weird two guys who are going to fight, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I don't know how I feel about Diego and Kevin Lee fighting. I think if it was Kevin Lee fighting some other guy, maybe a local guy, I feel like that'd be interesting. As far as, like, 165 being a division, though, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, hmm. And, I mean, I've always thought there should be a 165. I don't know why there isn't. And it'd just be easier for how they all went up by fives. Because Dana hates money, I guess. Yeah. For a guy that, he loves putting interim titles on the line. But like, it, it almost. He, but at that point, what would the difference be between an interim title and another division? You know what I mean? Yeah, but it just it's just weird. Like he loves interim titles. He loves making like pointless fights. But then like you don't want to add another belt that like people are begging for. Like not so much anymore. But like for a long time, there people wanted 165, and I love it. I, I think Kevin Lee is the ideal guy. He's too small for 170. And he's too big for 155, so I think it's an awesome division. I think Diego Sanchez... Ooh, I'll put you in a tough position. Go ahead. Dana's like, you guys can choose. Adam Waite or 165? 165. Really? I don't I love Adam Waite, but I'm not going to do it. Really? I'd take Adam Waite over 165. I'm not going to lie to you. That's surprising. Hey, man, but. you know, I support the ladies, Josh. I support feminism just because you're a sexist pig. No, oh, sorry. my God. <laughs> oh my. I have touted the Adam Waite division for a long time. But I just of the options, I think Adam, not Adam White. Um, I think Light Welterweight would be a great division to have, and I'm I'm glad that Habib is doing it. In my opinion, they could also fill it much quicker than 165. That's that's true. But how do you feel about this specific division? Not division, excuse me. This specific fight of Kevin Lee taking on Diego Sanchez, who was in the hospital for COVID last month. It, I mean, it's a freak show. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Also, uh, on top of that, how do you feel about Diego making 165? I think that's fine. I mean, Diego fought at 170. 
Mitchell uh, like five pounds, but he's a little older, you know, coming off COVID. I mean, there's a couple factors. That's true. And here's the thing is I'd actually be fine with this fight if it was happening in, like, August or something. If Diego had, like, more time to prepare. Because, like, as washed as Diego is, the, like, the thing that's always been interesting about him is he's so, like, he's he's always been wild on the feet. In his later years, he got worse I got, a, I got a better question. Who do you yeah. think? They could have got to fight at 165 against Kevin Lee, who would have been. That's that's the problem. I don't know. That yeah, that's and and honestly, now with just you saying that, I almost feel like Diego isn't even that bad of an option now. It's not. And the thing about Diego is, had he not had COVID, had he not um, be in hospitalized, had this fight been happening in August or something, I wouldn't even have a problem with it, just because like the the pure grappling aspect of it would be completely dope. Like, you can't tell me that would not be fun. Diego's one of the best grappers in the fucking yeah. game, bro. Like, um, yeah, I'm, man. Um, I'm really trying to think of who they could have got who's not in the UFC or could have been cut recently. I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> Fuck. Jason Knight. <laughs> no, I was kidding. I don't know who would have been a good option. Like, who is available right now? Outside of UFC, outside of Bellator, who they could have got to fight at 165 against Kevin Lee. I don't think there is, like, anybody who would have been a great option off the top of my head. Like, mm-hmm. even an well, older that's, that's guy. The, that's the problem about starting a new promotion is, like, a lot of the guys that Habib are going to get, they're gonna, you're going to get the young prospects, right? You're going to get the guys out of Russia, out of Dagestan, all that stuff. That's cool. But whenever you're coming with established names, like, so, there's sometimes, like, it comes in waves, where, like, guys will be released for the, like, big names and all that. But a lot of those guys have already been scooped up by Bellator and PFL. Like, Kevin Lee was one of the legit only free agents out there that was a really big name. And luckily they got him, but, like, Diego was a name out there that's just one of the bigger ones. But even then, he's coming off of COVID. Like I said, if this time was happening in August, and he had more time to prepare, I'd be fine with it. Because is, like, Kevin Lee, for as much as we love him, he did not look like... He wasn't even a top 15 fighter when he left, dude. Like, <laughs> Not anymore. There's a Not reason then. why he got cut, and he, he has one round of gas, and Diego, whenever Diego was actually training with an actual team, he was winning fights. He beat the shit out of Mickey Gall. He beat guys like Alex White. He was he was a somewhat... He was Come a on, fine Josh. Team. You don't think uh, Sensei uh, Fabia... Sensei, Sensei Fabia... Was, wasn't doing a good job with Diego? You don't think he was doing no. a good job with him, Josh? <laughs> He needs to throw no, more Tyson punches, Josh. <laughs> that was so fucking stupid, dude. That was you don't, so, you don't I, like that video of Diego on the sweat, <laughs> on the sex swing, blindfolded, upside down, <laughs> getting punched in the head by Joshua Fabia? You don't think that's advanced training techniques that could benefit Diego? I, I, I'm going to say no, man. I'm going to say no. <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> God. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and. Uh, I mean, we'll I'm see. gonna go. Move, I'm gonna switch topics now, man. I think we spent enough time on this as we have, uh, as we possibly can. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a weird fight. Um, I wish I think it'll be a had fun event, though. Her. All jokes aside, I think it'll be a fun event. Yeah, it can be. I think it can be. I think we just got to see how Eagle FC does things, honestly. I think they could build this fight up to be very interesting, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, other quick news. Misha Tate moving down to 125, most likely. Uh, she said that she does not want to fight her friend. I don't know if they trained together. I believe they did. Um, she trained her on Ultimate Fighter. 
Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, um, she does not want to fight Juliana Pena, friend, former training partner. And she's moving down to 125. Jessica Andrade offered herself as a potential first opponent. And apparently that's fight that may happen next. How do you feel about that one? That would push her to a title shot really quick. Well, I feel. Don't you think? Yeah. Or, or get her in a, or at least put her in a highly ranked position at that point. They got to, because Misha versus Shevchenko is a somewhat interesting fight. Um, I, I mean, I picked Valentina ten times out of ten, but you know, it's a name, former champion. She could um, beat some of the gals up there, though. I, I, oh, I could, for sure, dude! Like, come on, I, I'd pick Misha against Lauren Murphy any day. Yeah, you know, I, mean? I don't disagree with you. I think there's. I mean, I'll put it this. I, she could at least be ranked above Jessica I. For sure. For sure. I think that the fact... I think Andrade is actually a terrible matchup. Like, if they're trying to get Misha to a title shot, that's probably one of the least one of one fights they can do. Like, I'd pick Andrade in that one. But she, can move, she can move up to division quick. I, I she, think if she can. Yeah. And I think and I think she will. I, I think she will. Um... I just think that's a bad matchup. I wouldn't make that one personally, but I would not be surprised if UFC did. Like, UFC, for whatever reason, 125, they have the weirdest matchmaking. Like, um, for example, when they needed a contender, and, you know, maybe Cynthia Calvillo can be that person, she's a name, they decided to throw her to the worst possible matchup in Jessica Andrade, who wasn't even going to be fighting in 125 anymore, so now they have no contenders. Like, it just it doesn't... They have weird fucking matchmaking in that division, bro. Um, I mean, I'll put it like this, dude. Jessica <laughs> has lost uh, three fights in a row. Yeah. And she's ranked she number nine. Lost. Yeah, yeah, I thought she did, but she's technically lost her last three, and she's ranked number nine, and now they're putting her up in Man and Pharaoh, who not a good matchup for her. Yeah, true. That's a rough one. So she's about to be 4-0 oh, here soon. No disrespect. Or 0-4. No oh uh, yeah, man, though. Moving, moving on. Um... Junior Dos Santos taking on Kubrat Pulev in Triller. That is uh, Triller Fight Club. I guess it would be – what, Triller Triad Combat, excuse me, not boxing. This is going to be in their Triad Combat series. Uh, that's going to be the main event for a fight in March. Also, Vitor Belfort taking on Chad Dawson. Any interest in either one of these matchups? Is it a Triad – it's Triad Combat, right? It's Triad, yeah. I mean, I'll watch it. <laughs> uh, do I think it's a good idea for GDS? Uh, no, not at all. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think this is going to be a rough one. Although, Vitor Belfort, Chad Dawson, I actually like a lot. Chad Dawson, I believe, formerly fought Bernard Hopkins. Um, he hasn't been top level for, I'd say, five or six years now. But, shit, Vitor's not either. And he's going to be on the Sazul going into that one. Yeah, so, uh, Vitor's on the sauce, dude. Yeah, he's on the, he's on everything, apparently. Um, so, yeah, that'll be interesting. Um yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I'll watch it. I won't feel good about watching the GDS fight, but depending on what, what's around it, I'll be somewhat interested. Um, and last topic, somewhat in the boxing realm. Weeks, let me rephrase. Coming off of something in the boxing realm. Um, Luis Ortiz is going to be taking on Charles, uh, Charles Martin on pay-per-view. Day one, um, January 1st. Is there any interest for you in this one? Um... Not really. I might check it out. I might. I'll probably watch catch the result on Twitter if anything. Fair enough. If you were to go ahead and pick right now, who do you, who do you got between these two? Uh, just now, without like really looking, I'm just gonna say Ortiz, just just so I have the sake of saying something. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm I'm same page. Yeah, I think 
PBC is hurting hard right now, uh, which is why they're putting this final pay-per-view. Now, granted, it's only $40. Um, they're doing a similar thing where they're bumping the pay-per-views down to $40, and they're having not as big as stars, like Luis Ortiz is fighting on this one. I think uh, Keith Thurman's fighting in March, I think, against Mario Barrios for 40 bucks. Who else are they um, having on that card, though? Uh, Leo Santa Cruz. I guess that's like a... Yeah, I mean, that's a name, but not not everybody knows him, you know what I mean? It's a no. good good guy. Don't get me wrong, like a legitimately good guy, but... I mean, pay-per-view-wise, though? I mean, granted, though, there's very few guys in boxing you could sell pay-per-views like that. Yeah, I, I was actually wrong. It's going to be not in March, in February. Uh, they're going to have Keith Thurman, Mario Barrios, Leo Santa Cruz is going to be back. Josito Lopez is going to take on Abdul Hamos. And Luis Neary is going to be fighting on that one as well. Yeah, that sounds like a fun card, actually. That actually sounds like a low-key banger card. In, but, in comparison to this one, not as fun. <laughs> I'm looking through it now, and... This one's pretty garbage, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 tough. It's a, it's a tough sell, very tough sell. Um, yeah, man, but that's, that's all we got for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. went a bit long, man. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, obviously, this is going to be our last podcast for 2021. Still waiting to see if we're going to do one next week, just because... I mean, wait, shit. wait, Josh, we didn't give our three predictions for 2022. If you oh, my God, you're right. You're right. Oh, man, good good save there. I saved um, it. You, I forgot to put in the rundown. That's my bad. So, obviously, something that we did last year, which I can't remember what our picks were, our predictions, rather. I remember um, one of mine. I can't remember both. I can't remember <laughs> the other two. Fair enough. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to go ahead and give our just three predictions. don't have to be bold. They don't have to be anything. Three predictions for the next calendar year, either MMA or boxing. Take your pick. Angel, you can go first. Oh, you want me to go first? Were you just not Considering prepared? Considering I forgot about this topic, yes, I would prefer if you went first. Okay, okay. Uh, let me think which one I want to say first, because I have them ready right here. Uh, I guess I'll start with the uh, – uh, I, I don't know where I want to start. I guess I'll start here. I think Jones fights at heavyweight finally next year. He finally fights next year at heavyweight, one time at least. I feel like that's pretty realistic. I feel like he'll probably fight Stipe, maybe Derek Lewis. Maybe they'll give him just a straight-up winner of Ngannou and gone. Maybe even the loser. Fuck it. I don't know exactly what their plan is, but I don't think those are unrealistic uh, options going into 2022. My third, my second one is I think three belts change hands next year, at least three. Mm. Not getting into specifics. I just think that three belts – will be held by three different people next year at a different weight class. At three different weight classes. At least three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my other one, I think Jay Paul only fights one time next year. You know what? I can see every... I actually think every single one of those things will happen. Because pretty, I think... Pretty good, John's, pretty good ones. I think those are actually very good ones. Yeah, I think three belts changing hands, probably more than likely, honestly. John fighting at heavyweight, I think, unless he gets into more trouble, I think that's most likely. Um, and then, you know, Jake Paul, you know, he said he's going to take some time off. He's probably going to fight in July. I think he loses that one. After he loses that one, he's probably going to have to recalibrate, you know. Um, I guess, obviously, that's depending on who he fights, you know. Um, but he's going to like his most likely options right now are Anderson Silva, Tommy Fury, or Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I think he loses every single one of those ones, so... Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. My three predictions as of now, now these are, I, I, I obviously thought about these in the moment. I forgot to put them in the rundown. But Conor Rigger will fight for a UFC title within the next 12 months. 
which title that is, lightweight, welterweight, I don't know. But he will fight for a featherweight. strap. Potentially, who knows? You know, I see him fighting for a strap for the next 12 months. 100%. Oh. I also... That's pretty out there, from at least in my opinion. I don't think it's that crazy. I, think I mean, it's become, Connor. I think that's the one thing he'll always have, but still. Yeah. Um... Uh, moving on, I believe that a UFC fighter, this one's very generalized, I'm not sure what, what, uh, you know, anyways, I believe a UFC fighter will leave the UFC, or that is already out of the UFC, will win a massive boxing match next year. Now, whether that's against Jake Paul, whether that's Anderson Silva fighting a former name, getting a big win, I don't know. My main reasoning is, is that one of our boys got to get one of these back, all right? One of them got to get it back, okay? Like, it's just... I guess, um, are, you, are you saying like a major win in the sense like it's going to be a big name? It's just going to be like some it's guy. For, for a title, but it will be a big event, and they'll get a big win. Okay. Now, what what that is, I'm not sure. It, I, I most likely will come in the form of a Jake Paul or Logan Paul fight, um, and one of our boys will get it back. Whatever it is, okay. So, uh, and lastly, I believe – damn, man, this is actually tough. I really should have thought of this beforehand. This is my bad, everybody. Um God damn it, Josh. You sent me the list days before, and you can't even... I know, I know. I just... I, I, I sent the list days in advance. That's why this is so bad. I'm surprised I didn't. I didn't see it on there, and I'm like, ah, somebody just knows. Just no, that. I didn't. I completely forgot about this topic. Um, I mean, if you can't think of another one, I think it would fine. Two, two is pretty good. Two is good, but three is even better. Okay, so if I were to go and think real quickly... Dude, you know what I think is going to happen? I think that somebody big – this is actually – that's way too generalized. Let me just go ahead and rephrase. I think that John Jones will retire within the next 12 months. Okay. Um, I think he's going to find – I think if he would have said someone – I think if he would have said a major star in the UFC retires the next year, I don't, I don't think that would have been too out there. I actually thought about saying that myself. I was going to say that, but I thought that was way too generalized, especially considering I was already thinking of um, – John Jones to begin with. I think Wolverine. he loses at heavyweight and I think he gets smashed. I don't think I was, think, I was thinking Nunes and Jones and Connor all his three potential options Ooh. and I thought about putting that on my thing. I didn't do it because I wasn't sure but I was I like, think if Nunes was going to retire I thought it would have been after her last fight. I think if Connor were to retire it'd probably also be after his last fight. So Not according to him though. <laughs> Fair enough man. Um, like you yeah. said it's not over. It's not over, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, take John Jones to retire because I think he's going to fight heavyweight. I think he's going to get absolutely smashed, and I, mean, I don't know if his ego can take that. I smashed him, brother. You should have just said Hasmat's going to be champion next year. Oh, I already said that, though. I know, but you should have made an official prediction. like. On okay, your... well, yeah, Hasmat will be next champ. We'll, we'll be champ next year. Let's go, champ. Let's <laughs> go, champ. Yeah, though. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. Apologize for my rough predictions there, but I think you guys got the idea. Uh, made it work. Um, hope you guys enjoy it. I'm at Josh Evanoff on Twitter. He's at Take underscore 01 at Courtside Sound for all things related to the show. As always, rate us on Spotify. Those ratings just came out. Um, be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Give us a like. Give us all that nice stuff. Hope you guys enjoy the podcast as always. And I'm out. Peace and part grease. Last click.